You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Okay, there we go. All right, so good to see everybody. Great to sing together. It's awesome to be together. Uh, I just Let's just look around at everybody. Isn't this awesome? I mean, we couldn't do this for a while. It's awesome to be together. <laughs> it's great to see everybody. And uh, that's what we're talking about is our relationships, uh, specifically kind of broken down into like one another relationships, like those relationships that are walking with you in life. And in our church, we call it discipling because in Matthew 28, Jesus said to go make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So I don't who, who here has learned to obey everything Jesus has commanded? Okay, so Liz... So Liz is now Liz is now the church leader. <laughs> yeah. So we 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 need we need help. We need help. We need training uh, to become more and more like Jesus. And that's the journey we're all on. And Jesus' model, the way he modeled it was kind of breaking down the big group into small relationships. And it's through those relationships. That change really takes place. If you think about it, change usually takes place in relationship. And it's in a relationship that, I'll just go like this because this isn't working. There we go. Uh, Change takes place when truth is presented in loving relationship. Isn't that true? Like when you, you know, you, know, you can have conformity, you can, but real change is when you get the Bible open, you get scriptures open, you get your life open, you talk about what's really going on, and it's in a loving framework. Uh, uh, and that's what we're talking about. So if you don't have that, if you're part of our church, if you're new to our church, if you don't feel like you have those tight connections, really encourage you. We want to help you. Like as a community, we want to help you to find that. And sometimes it takes time, right? It take, you don't build relationships overnight. It takes time. It's awkward at first. But th- th- this is the process that we're talking about. And so uh, next, next verse, we looked at this uh, uh, a, a couple times now, all, all three uh, weeks we're looking at this verse. It says, the mature body of Christ, you don't have to turn there, but you can be turning to John, uh, 1 John 4. We're going to be looking at that here in a second. But, uh, but it says in Ephesians 4, the body of Christ may be built up until it becomes mature. So the, the reason we keep going back to this verse a lot, and I, I look at this, I think about this concept all the time as a minister, because this is the picture Paul's painting of a mature church. And it's one where it's not just like, like clergy laity, where there's these guys up here that have the, the holy text and we tell you what to do. It's a, it's a church where everyone is speaking the truth in love. Everyone is helping each other. It's not, and, and there are some people that work full time doing it, but, but not, there's no difference in commitment level. There's no difference in, 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 in who we are, even our love for the text. I can spend more time devoted to the text, but I'm not like an expert in a way that like I, I learn from you just as much as you learn from me. Does that make sense? So it's a, it's a church where everybody is building everybody else up. That's a mature church. And the word mature there is also sometimes called perfect in, 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 when it's translated. But the word is teleos. That's the Greek word. And so it's this idea of maturity or, or, or kind of perfection. It's getting better and better. It's like this perfect state we're headed towards. And so that's important because we're going to look at another verse that uses that word, teleos, in a minute. So this mature church is one, one where we're not tossed around by all these different things, but we're speak, we're, we're held, we have security because of the truth is being spoken all, through all of us. Speaking the truth now with that caveat in love, right? Not just the truth, unbridled truth, but in love. It's in that framework of commitment to one another, and that's, that helps us all grow. Uh, and so we keep growing, it says, to become in every respect the mature body, the teleos 
body of Christ. Uh, so so there's, a, there, there's a caveat there on the way that we communicate with each other. A little later in the same chapter, it says this, Ephesians 4.29. Anybody that has kids, we've probably taught them to memorize this verse. We did many, many family devotionals on this verse. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Say it with me. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Uh, my kids could, could still quote this because we, we did so many family devotionals on this. We would do one where they would pretend like they're going to say something unwholesome and then they would stop it with their, with their like, uh, you're stupid. You know, <laughs> they loved it. You know, they loved that one. Or they would, for some reason, they'd go behind the couch and they would, we, we, we would go, and then they would say something and then we, the rest of us would decide if it was wholesome or unwholesome. <laughs> so then they'd get behind the couch because they're hidden. They kind of like that. So they're like, you're an idiot, you know, like, unwholesome, you know. Uh, so so we, 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 they, they seem to like the negatives better than the positives. Uh, and then, the, you know, the building others up, we would have a thing where we would sit in a circle and we would, uh, you know, have a, all these blocks, you know, the, the play blocks, and we would build up each person, like build a little house in front of them. So you'd say something positive about them and add a brick to their little house you're building. So you're doing building others up. And uh, just different things like that to try to help get this into our bones. Because this does not come natural. And so I think all of us would benefit from that filter. Is this helpful? What I'm about to say, is it helpful for their benefit? Not just to vent or not just for myself, but is this helpful for, for the benefit of what's going on right here? And, and that's the mature church. So in, in keeping with that, the, the, the last installment of our Building Bridge series today is called No Fear in Love. No fear in love. And it's taken from this passage in 1 John 4. Hopefully you're there. It says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Think about that. God is love. He defines love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Just take a minute and, and just kind of meditate on this verse. I just want us to kind of saturate. Whatever else you're thinking about right now, there might be other things. Just think about what this is saying. I just want to take a minute to just ruminate, soak up this word. The Bible describes about being a tree of water by a stream that soaks up the word in, in Psalm 1. That's what I want us to do for a second. Just soak up this word. Okay, anything that jumps out at you, just raise your hand and, and anything that kind of hit you as you were ruminating on that. Yeah, back there. There's no fear in love, but there's, there's delight. Is it what we said? Delight in love. I love that. Anybody else? Anything stuck out that hit you? Jackie. Whoever lives in love lives in God. That's good, right? So, like, there's a connection between being godly, being focused on God, and, and living in love, the way of love. Cheryl? No fear in confrontation. What's that? No fear in confronting one another. Okay, so, so somehow we should be able to confront one another and still have there not be fear 
it be fear-centric. That's good. And we're going to talk about that today. Clay? Okay, yeah. You can be assured of your salvation. Your relationship with God doesn't have to be one that's based on fear. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, too. Last one, Liz. Okay. There's kind of an opposite here, right? So, so spiritual maturity is one, because, again, it's this teleos word. Perfect love, that's teleos. Perfect word drives out fear. Teleos love. And, and the word for love is, guess what word it is? You guys that are Bible students, you know these different words. What word? Agape, yeah. It's that commitment level. So in, in Greek, there's different words used that are all translated love in, in, in English. But the highest uh, kind of ethic of love is agape, and that's one that's self-sacrificial love and commitment. It's a love that's about commitment. Uh, and and that's, the, that's the word there. So it's teleos love drives out fear. The fear word is phobos. We know that word because there's phobias. That's that same Greek word, phobos. So teleos agape makes phobos run away. So we're on this, we should be on a continuum from fear to love, right, as we develop as Christians, as we develop as people of God. Now, fear, fear is not bad in and of itself. I want to say that fear is not bad. Fear keeps you alive. Fear keeps humans from being eaten by a lion. <laughs> you know, they do studies. They do these studies. Have you ever seen these things where these Rats get this weird disease where they're not afraid of anything. Oh, you should YouTube this. this is, they'll walk right into a cat's mouth. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. These are mice. They, get the, they can have this. It's like a, uh, something that causes them to have no fear of cats. Just Google, just on YouTube, do rats, no fear of cats, or mice, no fear. You'll see. They'll just walk right up to a yo, and just like. <laughs> so, so. That, you would not survive long with that, with that, right? You need fear. Fear is there. And fear, there's two kind of classic responses to fear, which are what? Fight or flight, right? And we see that in the animal kingdom, fight or flight. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. And so those, we have that. That's in our, they call it our lizard brain, like the part of our brain that's like really, like it's the same as the, all these other animals, like even lizards have this part of their brain that's just... It's fight or flight. It's, we don't have any control over that, that kind of whoa. And so when you have fear in relationship, right, you can see there's a problem, especially if it's in relationship and it's chronic, like a continual fear-based relationship. And then there's always this fight or flight response. And then it's getting our cortisol up and we're stressed. And, and cortisol is good too, right, it, it, because it prepares you for a fight or flight. But if you're living in cortisol all the time, is that good for you, doctor? No. See, Calvin says it's bad for you. Stress is bad for you. I mean, we hear that all the time, right? But it's like, well, t- tell me what to do with my stress then. Ah, you know. And so we're looking at what does God's word have to say? How can God's word help us with our stress? How can God's word help us with fear and relationships? And as we talk about, you can go to the blank side for a minute. As we talk about this, I just want to share a few practicals that I'm learning. Uh, I've learned from books that I'm working on. I want to say up front, I am not very good at this. Like, I'm, I'm trying to learn this, like how to get fear out of my relationships and how to not have, how to have perfect love and where it's not, a, there's not fear. There's not fear-based, cult. I, we, you know, in our church, we have at times had a fear-based culture, I'll just say that. 
I've experienced it. Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, amen, good for you. But that's just our culture. Our culture is fear-based. I was talking to, I won't even say who. I'm looking at him, but I won't say in case this is taped, about his boss's boss. And, uh, you know, it's just this culture. Everybody fears the guy. You have to learn how to deal with it. It's just life, you know. And as I said a couple weeks ago, I get to work with all of you. So I've got an easy job because you're all at least trying to be Christians. You guys have to work with people who are not even trying. And so sometimes you're in a situation where somebody's just a tyrant and they use total fear-based motivation. And at least you have a choice, right? You can either you can leave and find another job. But sometimes it's just you just got to kind of learn to deal with it, you know. But in the church, it shouldn't be that way. It should be a a place where fear is being driven out by teleos, agape, love. Amen? So here's just a few practicals, and then we're going to have, again, a a little real-world example. Uh, They're they're talking about their relationship in general, not exactly how they were so afraid of each other, and now they're not (laughs) in So uh, first is a model I want to share from a book called Encouragement by Larry Crabb. I like this because my dad's name is Larry Craig, so it's very close. Um, but he has this model, uh, this next model here. Uh, I need to get like a really long pointer. But uh, so, so this is showing you. Remember we talked about, so his model talks about how in, in Genesis, remember all the way back in the beginning, the terminology used is, I was naked, so I was afraid. And so, you know, so, so we feel shame or we feel fear, and so we hide. And so the fear causes us to build layers around us where we're not exposing kind of the, the inner parts of us. And so we live these layered lives. And what's a lot of times inside is this fear, but, and so we're layered, so we don't want to let anybody through, so we learn different coping mechanisms to deal with that and not really deal with what the fear inside. So true encouragement is where it's, it's getting towards that fear that's inside. And so according to Larry Crabb, true encouragement must be prompted by love, like we're talking about, and then directed toward fear. So you see the first model, there's no encouragement. It's just a layer-to-layer relationship. You know, this is just talking about uh, the Rams have had a bad start to the year. You know what I mean? Like, they're not doing as well as I hoped. You know, these are the Super Bowl champs. I mean, you know, maybe there's some fear, you know, there. But, it's, you know, it's pretty much layer-to-layer, right? It's not really true encouragement. Then limited encouragement is from a layer to the fear, so, like, maybe you're trying to help somebody, but you're kind of protecting yourself. You're not really being vulnerable yourself. And so you're just kind of going through the motions, but you're still trying to, to help them a little bit. It's limited encouragement. Another, and, and there's fear in your own heart. So I've got fear in my heart. I'm trying to help Brett. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm using the Bible. It's better than nothing, right? It's limited encouragement. The next one, figure three, is I have love in my heart from, for Rhett. So I really do want to help. Like, it's coming from the place of love. But I'm still not really being vulnerable myself. Like, I'm still layered. You know what I mean? So that's still, that's a little better. But the, the goal is that I re- remove my layers, and I'm just as real as I can be, and transparent and vulnerable. And that love, that, and that love and that commitment is directed towards fear. It's commitment that is, it, it, it is this framework that so it makes it safe, and so he can really develop and really grow as we're dealing with fear. Because dealing with fear... Is scary, right? It's we don't want. We're not. It's not natural. It's natural to us to fight or flight. It's not natural to go. Okay, here's what I'm really afraid of, right? We don't want to. We don't do. But that's so powerful. Like instead of just bristling or instead of attacking, we go. Here's what I'm afraid of. Here's here's where I'm at. You know. Here here's what I'm going through. 
And so uh, that, that's a, a, another model he has. I want to show you this one is what, what do we do with negative emotion? And how do we handle conflict? Because, uh, you know, we're going to have conflict, right? Just natural. There are certain lessons that I hate it when I'm preaching on it because God gives me opportunities to work on it that week. You know what I mean? Like if it's pride or dealing with hardship or, you know. Uh, so this week I'm talking about conflict. So I had lots of conflict this week. And uh, as I said, I'm trying to learn these things. But you have the negative emotion, so what do I do with it, right? If I'm not going to be layered, i got to do something with it. And so... Uh, Larry Crabb gives these three uh, opportunities, three choices that you have. Is Number one is repression. You just shove it down deeper. And you just focus on other things and you just try to repress it. That works short term. But you, if you do that over time, that has to go somewhere. So you develop chronic problems with your body. You know, just stuff happens, right? There's, there's, there's people way more educated than me about how that, all that stuff works. Uh, Kathy Blanco probably knows, you know, how that stuff works uh, as, a, as a therapist. So... So there's repression. That's not good. The second one is expression, which is just blah, you know? I mean, that's in some ways it's better than, a, than repression, but you can end up ruining a relationship because you're like, well, I'm just keeping it 100, like, like Rhett said last week. <laughs> so that's yeah, expression, keeping it 100. So amen. But like the better thing is acknowledgement and pers- purposeful expression. So I'm acknowledge- first you acknowledge yourself. First you kind of, okay, what am I feeling? Why am I angry? Uh, what, where are these emotions coming from? Where, why am I sad? And, you know, therapists will talk about, like, try to see it almost as an observer, you know? Like, not, like that, and, 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 and be curious. Be curious about others, but be curious about yourself. Wow, that's curious how angry I just got, you know? That's interesting. What is that? What is going on there? And, you know, and, and, and sometimes even when you're feeling it, being, being okay with sitting in it for a minute and sort of like you're in a stream and, and it's passing through, you know, and you're let, letting it pass through and you're observing and you're trying to learn from it and being curious about it. So that's acknowledgement and then purposeful expression. So in love and a framework of love trying to say, you know, let, let's, have a, let's have a talk about this. Let me express this. Let me, let me deal with this ne- negative emotion. And it's for the goal, the, the quote that Rhett read from the book last week said, with the goal of ministry. Now, you, and that might not have been clear what that means, but the goal of ministry means what is helpful for building others up according to their needs to benefit those who listen. That's the goal of ministry. Ministry is I, I'm trying to help everybody. I'm trying to help the situation. That's the purposeful expression. It's not just... I want to help myself. It's I want to help. I'm looking to your interests. I'm looking to my interests. I want to resolve this. And so I think that's a helpful model. Uh, the, this, this next model I want to show you really quick, and it's Crucial Conversations. Has anybody read this book before? Okay, so a few of us. This is not a Christian book. This is a business book. Or, or a, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's mostly geared towards business. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, a very successful book. Well-known book. I, it probably came out 10 years plus ago. New York Times bestseller. But it, the, the, I, I like it because this model, it's all, like, it is scriptural based. It's like, oh, yeah, God was right. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of the stuff, uh, not that this is the authority, God's word is the authority. But I'm just saying it's neat when society kind of catches up to what God already said, you know. And um, so this is, I, the, the book is really, I really highly recommend the book. Uh, if, if you're like me and confrontations are, are not easy for you, 
um, then I would really recommend this book because it gives you a framework to, to kind of handle a confrontation or a, an interaction. And it's, like I said, it's, it's very scriptural based. So I don't have time to just, I'm giving you a caveat, I am not doing complete justice to this. But there is a course you can take in this, but the book, the book has it all, but the course kind of walks you through it and you can learn how to do it yourself and everything. But here's the model. So it's before, during the talk, and then after. The goal is this, see where it says pool of shared meaning in the blue there? That's kind of like your center of that Larry Crabb model and their center. You're trying to get to dealing with what's really going on and what you both you both want. What you both what you both want is to be resolved, or what you both want is for God's church to flourish, or what you both want is your kids to be okay, or what you both want is, you know, the, there's something that there's a pool of shared meaning. And, and so that's your goal is to get to that place. And so you start with work on me first before. So getting unstuck, dealing with your own heart, what's going on with my part, what's going on with my heart, master my stories, that if you see it at the top. That's a really good one. Master my stories. What that means is we tend, we all do this. We tend to tell ourselves stories. Yeah. Because we're, we're, we're people of story. We love stories. We're narrative. We, we are narrative people. So whatever the facts are, then you tell yourself a story about those facts. Yeah. And then the story becomes the thing that we're reacting to a lot of times. And, and, and what's really going to cause problems is if then you go to that person and you're dealing with the story that you told yourself rather than dealing with the facts. So as much as possible, try to like, or at least acknowledge I'm telling myself a story. We talk about this all the time, Jackie and, and I and, you know, Steve. And I think I'm, this is the story I'm telling myself, but blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, so, so, yeah, you master your stories. And then you see how at the top it says silence and the bottom is violence. Uh, what are other words for silence and violence that we said earlier that start with F? Fight or flight, right? These are kind of the two responses, silence or violence. We tend to clam up or we tend to kind of attack or like, you know, fight, right? Fight or flight. And, uh, you know, we, we, Dustin and I were involved in a conflict just a week or two ago and, and one of the people was kind of fighting and the other person was kind of flighting. You know, one of the person was kind of silenced, the other person was kind of violent. So we have the thing that we gravitate towards, like the way that we react. And so the goal is not to deal with e either of those, but to get to that pool of shared meaning. So, so you state your own meaning. Here's my meaning. Here's my path to this pool of shared meaning. Here's my way into what I know we both want. And I'm going to take responsibility for my part. And here, here's, my, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's the facts. Here's how I reacted to those facts. Things like, I know you didn't intend this. That helps a lot. Or I, I trust your heart. Or I, you know, I, I know, like Dustin and I use that all the time. Like, you probably didn't mean to do this, but here's... <laughs> How I felt. Something, if she says something like that, or it's not a big deal, but I just got to tell you about this, that helps me rather than hurt me because then I want to own it. But if, if she comes out, if Dessa comes out of the gate like, you did this, you did that, you, especially if it's intention, and she doesn't do this, I'm just saying if she did that, especially motive, you're trying to this, or you're trying to do that, or you, you have pride, or you're, you're, Especially if somebody accuses my motive. How do you know my motive? You don't know. I mean, no matter what, we don't know what's in somebody's heart. There's a proverb that says, uh, that says, each heart knows its own sorrow. You don't know what somebody's been through. You don't know what's in their heart. You can never say, you are doing this because of that. You don't know that. All you know is the fact. All you know is how it affected you. And so it helps so much me to own it if Dessa's like, you probably didn't intend this, but here's what I felt. 
you know, and so it's your way into that pool of shared meaning, and then uh, and, and then you then you learn learn to look this their meaning. I want to so I want to step out of my worldview. I want to try to understand your worldview, and that's really hard to do. But you go, I'm going to set it all. It doesn't mean I agree with your worldview. It doesn't mean that I'm I'm signing a I'm signing a release form that your worldview is right. You know what I mean? You're just going, okay, I'm setting my thing. What, tell me more. What are you feeling? Why are you feeling that? What is it like in your, from behind your eyes looking at the world? What is it, what is this to you? And you're trying to explore their meaning. And you got to make it safe to do that, where you're not going to attack them the minute they tell you what their worldview is. No, I, you know, you got to make it safe and you got to really hear and even reflect back to them. There's, there's a, a, another model where you, you use terminology, I'm going to take your order. <laughs> so, Okay, first you take my order, you know, and I, so I'm going to tell you my stuff. Okay, and then they reflect back. Okay, so you're saying this, 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 and this. Is that, am I correct? Yes, you're correct. Okay, uh, I can, here's what I can do about that. Now, can I give you my order? <laughs> yes, let me take your order, you know. But that's, it's that kind of stuff. There's a lot of different ways to do that. But you're, again, all of these is my side, their side, but trying to get to that pool of shared meaning. And then coming away from it, what are our actions? What's the move to action? What do we need to do with this? Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes it's like we just got to pray. Or sometimes it's like we're, we're, we're going round and round in circles, so we just need to stop. We need to hit pause. And then we'll, we'll both pray about this. We'll work on it, and then we'll come back together, and we'll try to get farther along. You know? but, but, but trying to keep it safe where it's not fear-based, where it's not, there's not, we don't have a reason to be afraid. We have grace. We have God. We have Jesus. Right? There's not a reason to fear because we have that. And that's where we started in this series is that uh, God has given us a way out by his love for us. So this last passage, John 4, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is a little earlier than the passage that we just read. So our identity in Christ, our Belonging to God, the grace that God gives frees us up to really have this kind of this kind of commitment, this kind of love, this kind of self-sacrificing agape love, because He's already done it for us. Another right after this, it says, "We love because what? What does it say? He first loved us. So our identity allows us to empty ourselves. Remember what it said in John 13 about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. We looked at two weeks ago." He knew he had come from God. He knew he was returning to to God. He knew that God had placed all things under his feet. Therefore, he took off his outer garment and he humbled himself and he washed their feet. He was able to do that. He was able to go the Christ path, the the way of the cross, because he trusted in God's love. There's another, uh, in 1 Peter, it says, he endured the cross, scorning its shame because he he knew he was conscious of God. He knew God sees, God knows, God is the righteous judge. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly, it says. So that's what we can do in our relationships is trust God. And his love is made teleos. Again, that's that word complete. Remember I said it's sometimes translated perfect, sometimes translated mature. Here it's translated complete. That God's love can be made complete in us. Think about that for a minute. That sounds kind of wrong. Like God's love is not perfect, that's probably why they translated it complete. because or, or God's love is made mature in us. That doesn't sound right. God's love is made perfect in us. It, it's saying that God, through us, like it shows God's love more. When we do what Ben was talking about, we have the love of Christ and we reflect that love. That's the testimony of the world that we're disciples. 
That's showing God to others. God's love is seen in us. You don't get to see God. I don't know why. Sometimes I wish he would reveal himself. You know, have you ever thought that? Like, man, I wish I could just see the Red Sea part. That would be enough for me. You know, if I just see the Red Sea part. If God just wrote my name in the sky and just said, Owen, Thomas, go to church. You know what I mean? Then it's like, that would be enough. That's all you need to do, God. Just, why do you hide yourself? You know, we, we, we think we're so much, we're nothing. You know, we're dust. And yet we got, want God to like, you know what I mean? Like, for whatever reason, we don't get to see him right now, except for, the Bible says we see him everywhere. In everything that's been made. Creation, DNA. I mean, sometime I'm going to give a whole sermon on DNA. It is so incredible. I mean, I, that's my goal is like, for you not to be bored. But to be, I mean, it is incredible. But God, God is seen everywhere, but he's seen especially in love. That's where we really see God. So we're going to see a real-world example here. Sean and Lisa Payne and Daly and Kike Adebeson. Did I say it right? Adebeson? I heard the G is silent. I was saying Adebeson. So awesome. So they're going to come up and share a little bit about their relationship. I think I have my questions over here. Okay, so you guys can just pass that mic around as you. Thank you, Mark. Hey, Mark, man. Mark, you have a future as a stagehand. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so uh, why don't you guys uh, let us know how did your relationship with each other start? Like, where did you? Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, our relationship with Lisa started first, actually, um, because uh, before we started dating, uh, I needed help with a roommate. <laughs> like, actually, I had to ask, you know, Lisa's help with my roommate, which I really appreciated. And all that time, I didn't even know that she was actually helping me to prepping me for marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how our relationship started. Let the guys, I don't know. Yeah, you know. I just to say, um, we had just started shepherding in the singles, and Kike actually invited me into a discipling partnership with her. Um, and I never had anybody actually do that. We had a habit of kind of assigning people. And she was like, hey, can we disciple each other? I'm like, yeah, sure. And that first example really showed me her heart. That's awesome. Yeah, for, for me, uh, getting to know the paint, uh, I was actually living in uh, Oklahoma yeah, when uh, Kiki and I were dating. You know, so that's how I got to know them. And it's been from dating to pre-marital counseling, from counseling to marrying us. And, you know, after, you know, discipling us for over a year after marriage, you know, after we had our baby, you know, them naming our son, and they will still have the opportunity to name our coming twins. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Didn't All right. know about that last part. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, same thing. It was uh, it was a long distance. We we talked over the phone. I don't think we had Zoom at the time, um, and then really got to know the guys. Uh, collect you know um, combined uh, during their pre-marriage counseling. So you guys did what? What is just for anybody who who doesn't isn't familiar with that? What is pre-marriage counseling? So uh, when couples hold it up a little higher for when the, couples get engaged. Um, if they so desire, and please do desire if you are planning on getting engaged. Um, they seek out pre-marriage counseling, and it is a, a session of different studies that focuses on different 
areas of marriage so that you go into it and are not blindsided mm-hmm. once that, uh, especially within our church where singles uh, generally live separately or not living yeah. together or having a physical relationship together, coming to that point of marriage can be yeah. <laughs> just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Explosive. So, so it's, having some, uh, yeah. So it's Bible-based, and you're digging into get, kind of getting the layers off and what's really going on and exactly. set, setting them up for success. That's surprises. great. It's awesome that we have that. Uh, okay, so uh, what are a few kind of random things you've learned from each other? Like, we'll talk about what is, how are you formed more like Christ, but what are just like the, just a random thing that, you know, if there's nothing, there's nothing, but... There's a ton of stuff. I'm just going to say one. Kike loves to party. And she is the party. Yeah, I mean, I have a whole thing. Anyway, I just love Lisa's quiet demeanor. Uh, She's very thoughtful. She no, I mean, like, she's not the loudest person. Like, as you know, she, like, if you talk to her, she'll she'll talk to you. But she has this quiet demeanor that I just love. She's very thoughtful, very intentional with her words. I think which is really big for me. Uh, she helps me see things from a different perspective, especially when it comes to conflict resolution. It's so funny how this whole thing is about conflict resolution. And I wrote this on Thursday, by the way, so that's the Holy Spirit. But anyways, uh, so um, I'm a conflict avoider by nature. I run away from conflict, which is, isn't healthy because it's only festers. Then I blow up later, as my husband can attest. Uh, <laughs> so, you, so you flight, then fight. <laughs> yes. And then when it comes, when it's like over, then I'm like, ah, I just come at you. Yeah, so really bad. <laughs> Another great one. I, I do that too. I do Lisa that too. helps me not to demonize the person in my mind. I think that was very good. She had to help me realize that that person is not evil in your mind. Like you were saying, uh, Brian, that we tell ourselves stories, and yeah. it's so easy to like attack the person with the story in your mind. So, and uh, using your words like, when you said this or did this, this is how it made me feel. I'm sure your intention wasn't meant to hurt me, but this <laughs> is got her in down. You know? <laughs> so I really appreciate that about her. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, I kind of fall for it all the time. Uh, with Sean, it's a sarcasm. Yeah, it's so sarcastic. That sometimes I would have responded, I would tell you, yeah, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, really, that's, that's funny all the time. I think he did the same thing last Wednesday over Zoom. Yeah, yeah he does all like the time. he does like the sarcasm. Yeah. And the dad jokes. He's, he's the expert in our fellowship with dad jokes. And I think for me, the uh, uh, random things was mo- mostly cultural differences. Like... Their wedding, having two separate weddings, and especially their Nigerian wedding, was so cool. Um, the the naming uh, of Alo uh, Delapo Afalaren Edebison, and of course their family. Uh, it's just so cool, both of their families, and hopefully uh, Dele's mom will be here soon. Um, but life through a different lens, um, you know, like uh, even. I hope I, it's okay that I share this in our in our Compass series. He um, sounds like he's gonna. Sounds like he's gonna. Series, um, we were talking about bribery, um, and um, how you know in America, yeah, there's some of that that goes on, um, but it's it's almost expected, and it's the way to mm. to survive or get anything done in Nigeria. 
And uh, Kike was sharing about how grateful she was that she doesn't live in Nigeria so that she is not tempted by that mm. um, like they are here. So anyway. Uh, so on that note of, of you said the kind of worldview, is there an area where your, your worldview or your mindset has been changed by the relationship that you guys have? Where like, I thought this way, but now I think this way. Or maybe they convinced you of something different. So for, for me, um, I wouldn't say changed, but more broadened. Broadened, okay. Um, so my, my You don't want to admit you were wrong before. has been, yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm just yeah, because I'm not wrong. Uh, <laughs> that just doesn't happen. That works. I'm not, my view has just been broadened. I like that. Um, so my, obviously, you know, just through being from different parts of the world, it's been expanded. Um, but um, daily, especially, I, I love his um, his understanding of the, the gospel, his understanding of the world. Where uh, he grew up in the church as a young child in uh, Nigeria, and um, I love that there will be times that I'll share something, whether in a small group or just together, and he'll say, "I see that differently." And he'll, he'll share a different perspective on the scripture that neither of us is wrong. Yeah. But it's, it's what is meeting our heart in the moment. And right. being able to go, oh, that's awesome. I can see that. And it has happened so many times that I can't pinpoint a specific scripture. But I just appreciate that, A, he's not going to be quiet and not say anything, yeah. but he's going to share his perspective on it as well, and it just makes me um, so encouraged by Amen. his understanding. Um, I like that you shared that. Um, something that um, I don't know if I was surprised or that my mind was changed about, but Kike responds very humbly to things, and that situation that you were talking about with the roommate, I was really afraid um, that whole situation, like walking into a roommate situation, it's like walking into someone's marriage and, and listening to both sides. And I really loved both of these women very much. And it was, they're both really strong charactered and I'm very quiet. So what, what I learned though, was that um, opening the Bible, like the Bible really transformed Kike's heart. It wasn't because I'm so smart or I had the right words. We are so different, but the thing we have in common is the Bible and our love for God. And by the end of that conversation, which got kind of heated in some moments, we were laughing yeah. and we prayed together and it was, I Amen. Think it was resolved. You guys still love each other, right? It's so funny. We actually met really good friends now. Oh, good. Which is funny. <laughs> I still a disciple. We still, still love each other. That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for me, actually, this one goes to Sean. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm going to just read it. This one goes to Sean. Okay, so Sean and Lisa were also our discipling uh, couple the first year we were married, and Delia and I had gotten to our first fight as a married couple. So prior to this morning, Delia would kiss me before this. Delia would kiss me before going to work, but that day I was mad at him from the previous day, and I won't let him kiss me because I was mad. <laughs> And I remember we talked about the issue with Lisa and Sean later that week. I will never forget what Sean said to me that day. And please forgive me if I get emotional. Hmm. And he said, forever changed my mind about, um, he, said, he said, what if you didn't kiss your husband or 
that morning. I didn't say any, I love you. And then there was an accident. And that was the last thing you said to him. I was like, wow. I never thought of it that way. Because in that moment, you're just holding on to what you're mad about. You never think of, like, hey, that person's going to leave and something can happen to them, you know? Mm -hmm. And this forever changed my mind that no matter how mad I am, I might be with Dele. It isn't enough for not to let him kiss me or say I love you because I don't want that to be the last thing he hears or remembers on this day or the earth or the last things I say to him. Basically. Wow. So, yeah. It's intense. I think uh, for me, uh, what really changed, or the um, Sean and Lisa helped me to have a different opinion about was, uh, you know, when Kike asked me to do something for her in the house, or I do this, and you know, maybe I've done that, and she comes up with something else, like maybe I didn't do that, <laughs> and you know, and what? she would she would talk, and to me, the way it comes to me is. Whatever I've done, you don't appreciate it. Uh -huh. If I've done things before that time, it's not appreciated. That's how it comes to me. Wow. It, that's really rare with husbands. I mean, that's <laughs> really. <laughs> so I, I got talking you know, to Sean, and was, you know, he helped me to be able to see it differently. You know, that no, it, that's not what she meant, you know, you could maybe, she needed more help for you to be able to help her with some other things. And I was, I can't, I can't be really mad. And I was like, Sean, so it took me a while before I could understand what he was saying and he helped me to be able to change my mind. Yeah. You know, to, you know, navigate towards the other side of, you know, having a better understanding and even with communication, be like, mm, well, I want to say this but this is not my intention. Yeah, right. they, they, they help us with that because our first year we had issues with communication. It was so bad. And they were there you know, with us and helped us to be able to weather the storm. Yeah, that's awesome, that's awesome. All right, last question. And uh, this is as we're, we're, we're gonna head towards uh, communion and, and, and that's why we're here. I mean, uh, I was having a conversation about communion with, with somebody, a, a dear brother, the other day, and you know, he was worried that our communion is getting less and less and less. And I appreciate his concern. I just want, as as I'm framing things, like that's the whole reason we're here. Like the songs are all for that reason. The reason we gather on Sunday is to gather around the table. Amen. And so, every, to me, everything we're doing is all. It's like we gather, we're coming in, we're leading. Everything is kind of leading up to the table, and then we have this meal together at the table, and then we are sent back out, and we're changed by that experience of together being around the table. And, and becoming more like Christ and remembering Christ and being changed and transformed from our time together. And then we go back out into the world. And so our relationships do that in the church. Remember he says, wherever two or more are gathered, there I am. I mean, it's like a communion when it's just a D time as well. Like you come together, you gather around Jesus, and then you're changed. But corporately, that's what we're all doing. And so we're, we're headed towards communion here. Uh, and so as we, I'm going to say a couple things after you're done, but as, as we are, are headed towards communion, what is a way that, you, you know, in this relationship you've learned to be more like Jesus or to appreciate Jesus more uh, through your relationship? Um, so with Kike's willingness to be so vulnerable, I, I, um, we had somebody that was visiting our, our 
Bible talk a couple, well, several weeks ago actually, that's the thing that she observed was that the people in the group were so vulnerable and she specifically mentioned Kike and Dele and Cheryl, um, uh, Cheryl Kaiser, Kaiser. I was like <laughs> lost it um, for a minute there. But the, um, that vulnerability, it kind of draws us in. But when we first became friends, I think that what I noticed was not just that we are so different. She's Nigerian and loud and I'm quiet and super white. and um, <laughs> like, the, like those are the, the obvious differences. But when we were part of their wedding and part of the, all of that, it was just, I know, he had no idea. Um, when we were part of their wedding, it was like being part of family. And we don't have to be, we don't have to be Nigerian. We don't have to. I couldn't do the dance. I could, you know, I couldn't do it. But I tried. I tried. But, but I feel like that it didn't matter. That we're just we're family, and Dolapo's like a grandson to me. So it, it's that kind of That's relationship awesome. that helps us That's be awesome. like Jesus. Well, I. I definitely appreciate the, you know the first scripture you brought up, First uh, uh, John four, that there's no fear in love because. Um, I think what I've learned from both Kiki and Daly um, was there's no fear in love when you apply it in the right way. Mm. Um, I appreciate, um, and both of you helped me to be more like Jesus uh, because of your humility, um, because of your deep, deep, deep respect for the word. Um, uh, and I'll use the word fear, uh, the fear of um, of not following God's word um, really uh, encourages me in your determination to do right before God and man. Um, it also reminded me of, um, because I, I truly feel this way, John 15, 13, that no one has greater love than this, that one. <laughs> that one lays down his life for his friends. Because even though we're not in a partnering relationship, I feel 100%, hopefully you feel the same way from us, that um, push came to shove, you guys lay, lay down your life for us. And I feel that 100%. Amen. They're actually giving me one of the twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this there's this running joke that we had even before we got married, I think, and they said that when we have kids, that if it's a girl, it's Lisa, is it Kike Lisa? Kike Lisa. Kike Lisa. We should name them Kike Lisa, and then for the boy, and then it's oh, is it Kike? I don't know. Shana Dele is the boy. <laughs> and now that we're having twins, so we're gonna be having twins. It's just crazy <laughs> the names, but anyways. But I just wanted to say, even my family loves you guys, and I just want to say that that's how much you guys. They would still talk about you guys, and it's like, oh my gosh, I love the. I don't know, they don't know your names, but they always say, yeah, the white guys. <laughs> it's like the guy, and they, Lisa and Sean, they remember your first and last, but not the last name. But they love you guys, and they always talk about you guys, and you know, they just want, just it just you get exude. Just like you say, you're humble. It's easy to be humble when you are humble. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that your humility helps us to be humble. Your vulnerability helps us to be vulnerable. And um, I wanted to just read the scripture. Like I feel like you guys help us to be so much like Jesus because you always point us to the Bible. And you can't argue with the Bible. It's just 
you just, if you argue, you're just being stupid because you're, it's just, it, it wouldn't just work. <laughs> so I love the scripture. Um, it says uh, in James 1, 19, 20, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not proceed, uh, produce the righteousness that God desires. And it said, um, so this is what, Lisa, you exemplify for me in our relationship because you help me emu emulate the scripture because you do it. I feel like you're very gentle. Like you don't let your words just come out. Whatever it is coming out of your mouth is very intentional. Even if you're upset. I'm, I know you get upset. And you've told me times when you get upset. But you, you just choose to do something different instead of act, like attacking the person in that moment. Oh, you do? <laughs> so, but anyway... Um, it, it, even I'm, I, this is all the time in Bible talk that happened, and this was big for me, Sean. For you, said I love your humility. Said there was a situation that happened in our Bible talk, and it wasn't a big deal. I mean, for me, I thought it wasn't, but you called me to apologize, even though the issue didn't really involve me. But you wanted to apologize because of the way you treated that sister in our group, and I was blown away. I would have just apologized to the sister that I felt I wronged and wouldn't involve anyone else, but. You thought that it affected the whole group and you decided to call me. So I just really wanted to say that's really huge. And I, I want to emulate that humility and be more humble in that, in that, in that respect. Yeah, for me, uh, the scriptures that come to mind uh, that says, uh, see to it that uh, uh, unbelieving art that turns you away from the living God. Uh, for Sean and Lisa, they've uh, really uh, invested in us. I'll, I'll say it's an investment. Yeah. You know, for us to be able to have this opportunity to, you know, to do this, it, it takes a lot. Mm -hmm. And they've invested their time, their knowledge of the Bible to be able to help us to stand firm. Mm -hmm. You know, with all that they've done, we, you know, we really appreciate you guys. You know, it's a lot. I know even though we're still in the same Bible talk, <laughs> we, I will still get to call you guys all the time. Yeah. You know, even though you're not the one, you know, one-on-one -on -one discipling, mm -hmm. we still feel you guys are. Yeah. You know, because we call you every time and be like, okay, don't worry. I know there was something that happened recently about, you know, coming to church late and I, I had to pull Lisa aside to be like, Lisa, you know, <laughs> and and she's like, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, you know. And you know, so they they've been they've they've done a lot for us, and you know, we we appreciate how um, symbiotic our relationship Amen. is, and we give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Well, let's uh, let's thank the Adebisans and the Paines for sharing their lives with us, and. Um, so as I said, uh, as, as, we, as we take communion, I uh, want to uh, focus in on verse 18 in the passage we were looking at, 1 John 4. It says, perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And that's the amazing thing about the cross is it takes away that fear of punishment. So, you know, our relationship with God, again, I said fear is not bad. And fear, the Bible says, is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of God, the fear of God. So it's good to fear God, but that's a starting point to teleos, agape love with God, where you're not motivated by, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to hell. You know, you're motivated by, I can't, I can't get enough of God. 
I can't get enough of time with God. I, I can't wait till the next time I get to meet with God. God is amazing. Look what he's done. Look who he is in my life. Look, at, he wants me to cast all my anxieties on him. Are you kidding? This is amazing. You know, like that, it's this trajectory to, from fear to love in our walk with God. And that's only possible. It's only possible because of Jesus. I mean, you read the Old Testament and, and there's a troubled relationship between humans and God because of sin. But then that's why all of the Old Testament is leading towards the perfect sacrifice for sin, which is Jesus Christ and the, the death he died on the cross. And we don't have time to go into all of the reasons why, and we, don't even, we will never even understand all the reasons why he suffered the way that we did. But for now, it's enough to know that he has done this so we don't have to pay the price for our, our sins. Uh, we are not held accountable anymore for those things that separate us from God because Jesus has taken that punishment. And that motivates us to become more and more like him. Because we've all sinned, right? We've all hurt others. We've all fallen, no matter how hard we try. And even, again, no matter how hard we try again, we're still going to fail. But, but Jesus is there to take that, that his grace allows us to just to be who we are and know that we're loved and know that, uh, that, that we can have this relationship with God because of of what he has done. We can have this mature love that drives out fear in our relationship with God because of Jesus. And so we're going to have a little bit of time. Uh, we're, we're, I want to, the ushers are here, right? You guys are wearing blue. So what I want to do is, is try to have a little more time of silence before we start passing the, the trays. So uh, does anybody not have a cup? Can you just raise your hand if you need one? So as I'm praying, can you guys just uh, give those out? Keep your hand raised till you get one. And then after the prayer, we're going to have two minutes of silence before we start collecting the trash. Is that okay, Caesar? Okay, so two minutes of silence, and then when Mark starts playing the piano and I start, start uh, playing the guitar, we'll try to, try to observe two minutes of just reflection on what Jesus has done for you. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. As, just keep your hand raised if you don't have one yet. God, thank you for this opportunity to remember Jesus. I know it's kind of weird, these little... These little things, <laughs> these little manufactured communion cups, uh, and there's a reason why we use these instead of just having a big meal together. But, but I know in, in a metaphorical sense, God, we are gathered around the table, uh, the, the Passover table that Jesus was around, and uh, that was in remembrance of what you had done in delivering God's people from Egypt. That's what Passover is all about. And, and you, you, Jesus repurposed that meal to be a meal where we remember him and how he has delivered us from slavery and he's carrying us to uh, a new identity and a new promised land. And uh, thank you for this time to remember his body and blood as we eat the bread and we drink the, the wine uh, that is his body and blood. Thank you that we can remember what he did for us and uh, that we can have reflection on how that affects us and our walk. Uh, just bless this time of meditation. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.